There's a lot swirling in our world right now. Uh, Maybe you've seen some of the stories. There's a lot whirling in our country this week. Maybe you've watched the news. And in the swirling, in the whirling, at least if you're anything like me, there's a spinning that happens in my heart. And when the swirl and the whirl and the spin takes place, one of the things I find helpful is to lean in to look for and to listen to Jesus. He has the stunning capacity to radically reorient my heart. That's probably why Augustine said so famously, our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they rest in you. So listen with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, we're on the way with Jesus. These are verses 1 through 30. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, and just to bring you up to speed, Jesus has just come up out of the waters of baptism at the Jordan River, the cool, refreshing waters of the Jordan River. The heavens opened, the Spirit descended like a dove, a voice announced, you are my Son, the Beloved, with you I'm well pleased. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all in those days, and when they were over, he was famished, and the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. And Jesus said, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and in an instant showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, to you I'll give all this glory and all their authority for it's been given to me to hand over to whomever I please. To you, all of this will be yours if you'll worship me. And Jesus said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him and placed him in Jerusalem on the pinnacle of the temple and said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and they will bear you up so that you do not dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and a report about him spread throughout the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and everyone spoke well of him. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath as was his custom. 
he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in attendance were fixed on him. Then Jesus said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And the crowd said, Is is this not Joseph's son? And all spoke well of him. And we're amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. And Jesus said, Doubtless you will say, you will quote to me the proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you'll say to me, Do in your hometown the things we heard you did in Capernaum. A prophet is not welcomed in a prophet's hometown. The truth is, There were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut for three years and six months and there was a severe famine in the land and he was sent to none of them except the widow of Zarephath in Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel in the days of Elisha but none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian And when the crowd heard it, they were filled with rage and they got up and they drove him out of the town and led him to the brow of a cliff on which the town was built so that they might throw him off. And Jesus passed through the midst of them and went on his way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's Luke 4, verses 1 through 30. Feel free to hit pause, find it, read it. Reread it, take your notes, ask your questions, be curious, wonder, and then be sure to come back. We're just going to gather around two verses. We'll get there in a minute. Jesus, fresh out of the waters of the Jordan, fresh off the baptismal, out of the baptismal party where the heavens open and the dove, the spirit descends and a voice shouts, you're my son, the beloved, with you I'm well pleased, with you I'm well pleased. We, we celebrate at baptism. We have the family over and we have brunch and we bake cakes and we put their, the name of the baptized on it and everybody's so happy. Uh, when Lydia was baptized, she's our oldest, she's, uh, she, she has a driver's permit now. Uh, she was baptized in Washington. We lived in a neighborhood at the time with two Mormon missionaries. They came to our house every week. They'd knock on our door. I'd open the door and I'd see them and I'd close the door again. Kristen would reopen the door and invite them into conversation week after week after week, these conversations. I had chores. I couldn't be a part of it. Uh, Kristen invited the two Mormon missionaries to Lydia's baptism at the church. And then to our home for the brunch and the cake afterwards. And they said they'd come, both to the service and to the brunch. I'm not sure if I was more curious to see 
them in the church or to celebrate Lydia's baptism. Uh, They did not come to church that day, but they did come to our house for brunch and cake. We invite our friends and our family at baptism, and we bake cakes. Jesus, fresh out of the cool waters of baptism, is led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he's tempted by the devil. Tempted at the core of his identity. If you are the Son of God, you know what it's like to be tempted at the core of who you are? You don't belong. You're not much. Nobody loves you. Jesus tempted to give in to his humanity, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Do you know what it's like to be tempted to give in to your humanity? Go ahead. Do it. No one's going to know. It's your right. Jesus tempted with power to get whatever he wants. All of this I'll give to you. You know what it's like to be tempted with power? If you could just climb the ladder a little higher, get those letters next to your name, have a little more money, then you could. Jesus tempted with faith to make God act. As it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. Have you ever been tempted with faith? If you had prayed more, if you'd read your Bible better, if you were better, And Jesus, having withstood in those devil nights, gets to go home. Home, where my thoughts escape me. Home, where the music's playing. Home, you know what I'm doing. Home, for the party, you know, the brunch and the cake. Home, where where the community secures you. Ah, Not so much, not that day. If you're willing to set these two stories next to each other, the, the Jesus in the wilderness with the devil story and Jesus in the synagogue with his family and friends story, they are awfully, and I mean that literally, awfully similar. Jesus in the wilderness with the devil, if you are the Son of God, Jesus in the synagogue with his friends and family, is not this Joseph's son? Do you see the similarity? Jesus in the wilderness with the devil, it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, Jesus, in the synagogue with his community. Doubtless you will quote to me the proverb. Do you see the similarity? Jesus, in the wilderness with the devil, he led him up and said, throw yourself down. Jesus, in the synagogue with the crowd, led out to the brow of the hill on which the town was built so that they might hurl him off. Stunningly similar. Scarily similar. And I'm not making this comparison to pick on Judaism or first century synagogue practices or even really to try to translate them then to the church. Now there's probably a little something to wonder about there. I'm I'm making this comparison to suggest the acts and the presence of evil and the devil in our lives can no longer be reduced to a fictionalized character made popular by Dante, but now show up in the institutions and the systems and the organizations and the way of our culture wreaking havoc on our lives. And it's so hard to see. It's so hard to know what and who and when. 
If it were just a devil in the wilderness, we might fall, but at least we'd know what we're up against. But now, at least here in this country, it's so hard to see. It's so hard to know. Uh, C.S. Lewis, in a book titled The Screwtape Letters, sort of a conversation between two demons in the preface of the book, he offers this. The greatest evil is not now done in those sordid dens of crime. It's not done even in concentration camps and labor camps. And those we see its final result. But it is conceived and ordered, moved, seconded, carried and minuted in clean carpeted, warmed and well-lighted offices by quiet men with white collars and cut fingernails and smooth-shaven cheeks who do not need to raise their voices. What I'm getting at, what I'm trying to say is it's so hard now to see, to notice. I've got a couple of African friends, one from Nigeria and the other from Uganda, whenever we're together or in communication you know, you hear the stories of their lives and the situations, the persecution and the poverty and all of the different systems working against them, and yet you're compelled to pray. So I'll say, can I pray for you? And they're quick to say, can I pray for you? And I'm kind of like, why? And they say every time, it's so gray there. And Jesus, with the swirl And the whirl and the spin of it all stands up. He stood up to read. They handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He found where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim Release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. With the world swirling and spinning and evil hovering, Jesus stands up and announces, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor and to proclaim release to the captives, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's the action of Christ in the world. And if I can just put it bluntly and plainly, that's what it means to follow Christ. He who is anointed by the Spirit, the Spirit that hovered over him at baptism and drew him out into the wilderness and brought him back home, is the same Spirit on you now, on us here. You're anointed too to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's the action of the Spirit in our lives to bring and to proclaim, to bring good news to the poor. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. Good news. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Good news. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Good news. And the object, the recipient of the good news is the poor. The poor in resources and to the first century eye, that also meant poor in spirit. 
You're not poor in resources because you've been so good. You have not because you are not, is the first century mindset. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And the crowd hears it, his friends and his family on that synagogue day, they hear it. And they're like, wow, what? gracious words. They're all feeling so good about it. We're the poor, they're thinking. Like, look at Rome. All that wealth and opulence. And even look at the religious authorities, all that corruption. We're the poor. And even if we're not, like, technically the poor, at least Jesus, the anointed one, is one with us, so this must mean good for us. And Jesus says, wait a minute. This grace, this stunning grace, this anointing is not just for you. Remember the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut for three years and six months and a severe famine was in the land? The prophet Elijah went to none except the widow in Zarephath in Sidon, not Israel. And in the days of Elisha, there were many lepers but he went to, none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian, not Israel. N.T. Wright compares Naaman the Syrian to Adolf Hitler just to give you a sense of who we're talking about. This grace, so extravagant, so stunning, so remarkable, it's incredibly frustrating to those who are in the inside, who think they have it all together and, and ought to get what they want. And Jesus is saying, this is not a grace just for you, for you to have and you to get and you to accumulate and achieve power. This is for the world. This is for all those who are far off. So here's the thing, here's the deal. You're, you're watching online, so I guess you can wonder privately, who in your life that you want nothing to do with it not only deserves, but actually is the object of Christ's life and God's grace purposes. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the year of the Lord's favor, God's reign among us, God's reign available to us, the, the purposes of God's heart, right in front of us, the year of the Lord's favor, so that anyone who knows captivity by whatever captivity it's called might be launched into freedom and wholeness and thriving in life, the year of the Lord's favor, so that those who are blind to God and the image of God in the other might see the blessed sacrament in their neighbor themselves, the year of the Lord's favor, so that all those who know oppression, whatever kind of oppression it may be, the temptations that hound and the voices that shout, and the addictions that haunt, and the glass ceiling that keeps is now shattered so that you can become free, full, whole, alive, the year of the Lord's favor. That's the action of the Spirit in Christ's life and now in yours. That's what it means to follow Jesus. When the world swirls and the country whirls and your heart spins, and, and all of them want to, to spin you into frustration and animosity and division. All of them want to force you to pick a fight and choose a side. 
Christ says, the Spirit is on me. And the Christian faith says, the Spirit is on you to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus is inviting us to go a different way, tell a different story, abide by a different narrative. So there's an inauguration this week, meant in part at least to be a symbol of the opportunities of a democracy. People vote, politicians change, and a peaceful transfer of power transpires. But this week, this week we're, we're wondering, there's threats of violence and riots And the swirl of the world is to pull you into the fight. How about instead, how about this? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor. Rather than getting wrapped up in the fight, how about you and I gather care items with the Outdoor Discovery Center preschool that takes place at Pillar for the homeless population in our community? Let's do that. Let's be about that. That's the way of Jesus. A virus, the COVID, a pandemic. Now, almost like white noise amidst so many other voices yelling and shouting, vying for your loyalty, and the world swirls you into its fear. How about instead? How about this? Pray for two or three people who you know in your life who have questions about God, questions about faith, have been pushed out by the church, but might just possibly experience the freedom of life in Christ. Let's do that. Let's be about that. That's the way of Jesus. So the church, I'd like to exclude this one, but that might be naive. At least the Christian community around our country whose commitment to one another is as thin as a cloth and loyalty to its Lord is dependent on so many other agendas. And the swirl of the world wants to reduce you to the fight. How about instead, how about this? On Monday, Martin Luther King Day, Open yourself to the possibility you may have something to learn about race in America. And maybe there's an action you can take or a relationship you can nurture. That's the way of Jesus. Let's do that. And the the swirl and the whirl and the spin picks up its angst-filled speed when you say white supremacy and Christian nationalism and civil religion And all of us are hoping someone else will change. Someone else will repent. Someone else. Someone else. It's always someone else. How about instead, how about this, you and I open ourselves to the purposes of Christ in the world, live by a different story, a different narrative, the Jesus way. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.